This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. And we are back with Sports and Corks. This is Emily Cornell. And I'm Emily Jarenka. And we're going to jump into college football. A recap of the games of this week. Tons of great games, interesting games. Also, we're not going to only talk about college football. We will talk about the NFL and then once college basketball starts, college basketball. But for now, the excitement is mainly focused on college football. So we're going to talk a lot about it. Yes. So uh, thoughts on Notre Dame and Georgia? That was a close game. Um, And I... I was surprised that Georgia did not beat Notre Dame by more. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those scenarios where it's like, is Notre Dame that good? Obviously, Georgia is, it's not, they're not a team that you can say they're that bad because they're really good. But um, I think if anything, it just um, made Notre Dame seem like a more legit contender this season than people had thought previously about them. Um. I think it was a lot closer of a game than a lot of people expected it to be. So I think that's props to Notre Dame for that. Yeah, they definitely proved that they had a place in that game. And um, it, it was good to see a good game come of that. Yes, it could have been a blowout and it was not. So that's always exciting. For sure. <laughs> and then um, I was shocked by UCF losing to Pitt. Yeah, I was super excited because my old boss from when I went to Gonzaga and interned in the athletic department there now works for Pitt's athletic department. And I was like, yes, like <laughs> I definitely um, wanted them to win. I mean, I I was it's cool to see how UCF has just been winning and winning and winning. And they're like, we demand a seat at the table. And then like. And then seeing like them having that um, home and home with Boise State happen. Yes, I'm so excited about that. Same. So it's like it's saying like the group of five. It's showing that the group of five like they belong. They should be playing these like power five teams. And I was listening to someone who had said like the lines between power five and like group of five is kind of blurring. And it is with teams like UCF and Boise State. Which was why watching UCF lose to Pitt, I was like, oh no. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for that uh, UCF Boise State um, yeah. series, though. Uh, they posted a really cool, I'm assuming it's the same video that Boise State posted and U- UCF posted um, yeah. because it doesn't really seem like focused on one particular team over the other. Yeah. But the video um, that came out about that was really. Got me hyped. Yes. So excited for that. Quality marketing. We're here for yes. it. <laughs> yes, definitely. 
Um, Michigan, Wisconsin, I we kind of talked about that last week because I said it could be potentially a game of the week, but I wasn't quite sure because yeah. Michigan hasn't been playing great. Yeah. Um, and Exhibit A, they did not <laughs> play great. Uh, that was a blowout, so we don't really need to talk about that, but just wanted to uh, touch on it since we discussed it the week before. Um, the Pac-12 just continues to be wild. Um, <laughs> I'm loving it, honestly. At this point, I'm just here for all of the chaos, and I just want it to continue to be more chaotic because I don't really have a personal stake in how things turn out in that conference. Um, I would like to see CU do well this year, but other than that, um, I'm like kind of whatever about it. Yeah. So um, CU – beat Arizona State on the road. CU, or ASU is ranked 24th, I think. Yeah. So that's a good win for them. Um, I tried to watch the end of that game, but I fell asleep on my couch. And then I was even more disappointed that I did not see the end of Washington State UCLA because that would have been really entertaining. Um, Have you heard of the phrase cooging it before uh no no okay so i think growing up in the pacific northwest is just something that i know of but yeah um washington state football has kind of a reputation for just against all odds losing football games in a spectacular fashion <laughs> just giving the other team the win <laughs> um which they did in this scenario <laughs> to the grandest of extents um so ucla was down 32 in the third quarter and ended up beating (laughs) washington state um i think that yeah it was at it was in pullman too so that was pretty major overcame a 32 point second half deficit um to beat washington state no defense in that game whatsoever, obviously. Nope. nope. So, biggest regret of the weekend that I did not watch that game. Well, I didn't. I watched the first half. I didn't watch the second half. So, I was Ugh. just surprised it's... about the score, a sixty-seven to sixty-three score in college football. Like, what? What is this? Yeah, are we watching college basketball? I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> even know like we can only hope that the ucla washington state basketball (laughs) games have this much scoring i hope they're i hope just for fun that that when they play each other it's a lower overall score (laughs) than the football game was yes i mean i don't think that's really possible but um that would be hilarious i thought so for a lot of college football games this weekend i thought my eyes were broken when i saw the scores so when i saw that like Alabama beat Southern Mississippi 49 to 7. Um when um Ohio State beat Miami of Ohio 76 to 5. I about lost my mind. I was like five points. Do you know what you have to do to only get five points in a football game? Like what is happening? Yeah, tough. It was a hard weekend for some teams and then and then you have Washington State the UCLA against UCLA and just wow. So college football was very fun this last week. Um, and then another PAC 12 
game, um, the Utah game, mm-hmm. that just they're playing themselves. That's uh, they are <laughs> like at this point. Um, I I don't even know what's going on with the Pac-12, but like you said, here for it. No skin in the game. It's kind of fun to see them beat up on each other and. Hopefully a couple of them end up in a bowl game because we need bowl games for West Coast football. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, I'm here for that, definitely. And just the fact that it, like, it was USC's third string quarterback, too. Just had a day. You know, some people just wake up blessed for one day. <laughs> we'll see if that happens again this coming weekend. Yeah, there's a ton of games that this coming weekend that look like they'll be good to watch so oh yeah starting like friday night um yes penn state maryland game looks good um arizona state california you know that pac-12 after dark is gonna be a very good game yeah you never know what could happen with pac-12 after dark and uh my brother said it was a hot take that I think back 12 after dark, some of the best games in college football. I don't think that's a hot take at all. No. I think they're super entertaining. So I stand by that. Um, uh, people agree with you that that, that Pac-12 after dark games are like some of the most fun games. Otherwise, there wouldn't be the Pac-12 after dark like hashtag. Yeah, it's a thing. Yes. Um, also, can we talk about how Cal is ranked 15th? Because when I looked at the rankings, I was like... Excuse me? Yep. <laughs> Did Aaron Rodgers uh, somehow have one more year of eligibility and decide to come back to school there? Like, I was just... Maybe Aaron Rodgers dropped a bag. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I was very confused as to how they are now ranked 15th. I mean, they have won all four games this season, but I was just like, wait, what? But still... Because only a couple years ago, Cal was pretty bad at football. Like, two years ago, Cal was terrible exactly. exactly. So, I just like, huh, okay. Yeah, so those games uh, have a lot of promise. They definitely do. And then... What's your game of the week? So, my game of the week is going to be that Penn State-Maryland game. Um, I think it's going to be fun. And, like, Maryland... That game when they just, like, whooped up on Syracuse... I was like, wow, I'm excited to watch this Maryland team. Um, And so watching them play a team like Penn State, I think it's just going to be a good time. Um, Good Big Ten game. What about you? I think it could be too. Um, My game of the week is Washington State at Utah. What I'm hoping happens is that Washington State is just super mad from their loss and Mike Leach just lights a fire underneath of the players and they come in and just beat up on Utah. That would be the funniest thing <laughs> to me. Um, Utah drops out of the rankings. You know, like, I don't know. I'm just kind of hoping for that, honestly, at this point. You want chaos. Um, That's what I'm hearing. I do. I really, I want, I just want chaos in the Pac-12. I want it to be continued chaos. So that's my game of the week pac-12 after dark also you're gonna get some chaos with the pac-12 because um usc plays washington they're both ranked yep and that'll be not pac-12 after dark so maybe it won't be that wild and are there any other pac-12 the ucla arizona game that's the other pac-12 after dark game yeah that could be 
it could be fun. So yeah. also Utah's only favored by five points in this game and they're playing at home. So Ooh. Just saying. They're <laughs> I, I think it'll be a close game. It, it should be a really close game. It should be a good game. And I think Mike Leach probably lost his mind this week. Actually, I don't know if he really like got into it too much, but I don't think he's going to be happy if they lose again. No. Hopefully we get a really good presser out of him this weekend. Um, yes. I didn't really see anything from him this past weekend. No, Not to say that there wasn't anything out there. Um but I didn't really see any videos. So I don't know. I'm hoping for some more good Mike Leach content because it's one of my favorite things. We're here for it. We we are all about the Mike Leach content. Um, for folks who are also going to spend their Saturday just watching football, there is so much good football on. Like our games of the weeks, they are going to be like fun games to watch. But um, now that a lot of teams are playing in their conference – um, there's just going to be so much fun conference play and really good matchups. So I definitely recommend planning your Saturday well. Yes. Be organized about it. Be strategic, people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because like there are, with there being a couple of like Pac-12 after dark games. So like the, um, the Washington State Utah game overlaps with the UCLA Arizona, UCLA, UCLA, my goodness, Arizona game. And you got to pick and choose their friends, but that's pretty much the entire day. Whether you're wanting to watch the ACC, the SEC, the Mountain West, um, and and then all the other Power Five conferences um, and the group of fives, just strategic. Be strategic. And yes, definitely agree with that. Now, um, we're going to kick it to an interview I did with one of our friends, Raul. We kind of, a couple weeks ago, we had talked about tennis. So we actually thought we'd get someone who knows about tennis to come talk yes. about it. He can speak in a very educated way about tennis. And that is neither of our fortes. So, um, but there's a lot of good tennis content out there. So we figured it was probably a subject that we should cover. So. So today we have a guest. We have our friend Raul. Hi, Emily. And this is this is Raul. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we thought we'd have someone come on and talk about tennis um, to start, just because um, Emily Dranka and I are not quite the tennis people, as you all heard a couple weeks ago. So we thought we'd get someone who actually follows tennis well. Um, and so Raul came to mind. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I you guys did good. You guys had your names down and everything. But yeah, no, um, you know, I I love tennis. Um, I I kind of picked it up late. I wish I had picked it up earlier. I started playing like I would say like my junior year of high school, and then especially my senior year of high school. And since then, I have been, you know, I'm involved in it, and I watch a lot of matches. Yeah, you went to the U.S. Open, right? Yeah, I went to the U.S. Open. Oh, it was amazing. Um, I went over Labor Day weekend. Um, the U.S. Open in tennis is held in New York City. Um, and we were there, got to watch all the big players. Um, uh, it, was, it was a great time. And, you know, I, I recommend it to anybody. What was the best game you went to, or match, I suppose? What was the best match you went to? So, uh, you know, I'm a big uh, Federer fan. <laughs> 
And so I personally thought I uh, saw him twice. uh, So both of those matches were my favorite. But I think in terms of just match quality, um, the match we watched um, where Serena Williams played was actually a very, very good match. Very nice. Are you going to go again next year? Um, I'm trying to make it a tradition where we go every single year because it just kind of works out nice because it's over Labor Day weekend. You know, you have three days off and it's very doable, I feel like, if planned in advance. What are you going to do when Federer is no longer playing in the U.S. Open? Probably cry. Oh. No, I <laughs> no, to be honest, um, I, I last time I went to the U.S. Open was 2016. And I went there and Federer pulled out due to injury. And I was super sad. And since then, I haven't been able to go back. So, uh, you know, I'll be quite honest. 99 per- 99% of the reason I went this year was so I could watch Federer because so, I'm like you I don't know when he's going to retire maybe he won't for another three four years but you know I just I just didn't want to miss the chance to actually watch him live in person you know at least once but there's always going to be like another athlete who's as good as Federer coming up behind him right or not is it not the case you know there yeah there will be I'm sure there will be but there's just something there's just something about him that's it's it's more than just tennis um it's just how he carries himself i think he is the ultimate sports role model and i'm sure a lot of people won't see it that way cuz you know it's a lot of people don't follow tennis in the us um but i yeah. think he you know i honestly think he is the like perfect role model in terms of how he carries himself how he talks you know, the charity he's done around the world. And he's just, he's been a big impact on the game of tennis. And I just like everything about him. And he's pretty well, like, just like across the board, like pretty much everyone's a Federer fan, right? Yeah, because it's really hard not to be a Federer fan. You know, um, my, my wife was with me, obviously, when we went to the US Open, and she's a Nadal fan. And she, she told me like, after the tournament, she was like, I She's like, I knew Federer was popular. She's like, I had no idea because I hadn't seen it firsthand of exactly how popular he was. I mean, we watched two of his matches where people wouldn't clap for the other player if he won a point. Like, that's how how loved he is. Like, every other match we went to, there was obviously a favorite and people would clap for that favorite more. But the people would clap for, like, you know, I guess the underdog or um, the less known player. But... For two of Federer's matches, there was very few, you know, clapping and cheering for the other player. Like, it was something, it's, it's hard to find that. That's, that is wild to me to hear that. Um, just like, because I think about any other large scale sporting event and like people on both sides are cheering. Like, there's never, you never not cheer for someone. Right. And, it, they, you know, that's how, you know, that's how sports usually is. And people root for the underdog. And, you know, I saw this really funny tweet um, on, a, you know, that said Federer breaks this like old rule where people don't care for the underdog. Like no one roots for him, you know, the underdog. And it's all about Federer and let's he has to win. And it's just, it, you know, seeing it in person kind of it, it was something else to just like kind of see that. So I'm wondering if like it's because of how he is off the court and that's why people like they only root for him or it's just he's just so good. He just wins so much and people want to root for someone who wins so much. 
Right. You know, I think the winning does have a part of it. I think it's, but it's not only that, you know, Nadal wins a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Federer has 20 grand slams and Nadal has 19 now. And then Djokovic has 16 as well. Um, And those two are not nearly as liked as Federer. I think there's a few reasons that go into it rather than, you know, just that he wins a lot. I think a big portion is kind of how he just carries himself and always has, especially since he started winning. You know, yeah. he's, he's always, um, what do you call I guess, you know, it's pretty cliche. He's, he's pretty humble. I mean, as humble as somebody that's that successful can get. Yeah. And he, he talks well. And, oh, yeah, one quick story, if I can. Of so course. He, he, so he beat his opponent the second match we watched. And it was a pretty quick match. I would say it took like an hour and 30 minutes or so. Um, but unlike any other player during the tournament that we saw, Federer stayed after the match for almost 45 minutes signing autographs. Wow. And he literally started at one end of the court and just made his way down the entire sideline and signed literally everybody's, you know, tennis ball or, auto, you know, hat, magazine, whatever it was. And you know, we saw a lot of players would stand for like five, 10 minutes, but he stood for like, he stayed on court for a solid 40 to 45 minutes and he didn't leave, let anybody leave without getting his autograph. And I think it's stuff like that, that makes him super likable. Oh yeah. It's for sure. Like how well athletes engage with fans, it definitely contributes to their likability. Um, so can you tell me about his impact on tennis and like how important he is in the game because of this, like everyone roots for him and everyone loves him. So like, obviously he's, he's leaving a lasting impact. Yeah. And you know, I, there's a few ways you can kind of see his impact on the game. Um, I, I tend to, as I think Emily really knows, I follow viewership. Mm-hmm. I follow TV ratings a lot. And, yeah. you know, over the past 10 to 15 years, you can see, via numbers of Federer's impact on the TV ratings. Like if he's, if he leaves a tournament, the TV ratings like almost collapse, like they get cut in half almost. And that is a big Mm. deal. Um, And then, you know, I'm going to do another quick story. Sorry. (laughs) Um, No, of course it's good. So I, again, I like, I follow numbers and stuff. So when I was at the U S open, we weren't actually sure if Federer was playing the evening match or the morning match. And we had tickets to both, so it didn't really matter. But I was following the ticket prices um, on Ticketmaster, <laughs> and, as, as everybody does, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, I saw it. And let's so before people knew, people actually expected him to play in the evening um, instead of the afternoon. So the average evening price was, I think, around the time, I would say about $130 or roughly speaking. And then the afternoon match the ticket prices were about $110, you know, before it was officially announced which players are playing when. Now, fast forward an hour, Federer gets announced that he's playing in the afternoon match. And Djokovic, who is, again, is a big player, has won a lot, is playing in the evening against Vavarinka, which is actually a better match. And the ticket price swing was, it was kind of unreal. So the evening tickets prices went from like $130 to about 70 to 75 like in an instant. Oh, wow. And then the afternoon prices went from, they were like 110 120 
to all of a sudden the minimum price is $300 for a ticket. Oh my God. Like that's the impact that it's like, that's his impact on the sport. Holy cow. Yeah. So I'm sure he, he has like a ton of endorsements because of how much pull he has in men's tennis. Yeah. If you had, if you could take a guess, maybe, you know, cause I, you know, I shared on my Twitter or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know which athlete has the most endorsement income? Um, I want to say like Tiger Woods, but like, that's only because I think of Tiger Woods and how he has endorsements forever. Right. And a lot of people would say, you know, Tiger Woods, like a little more known people, LeBron James or even Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo. Oh yeah. I'm going to tell you, it's Roger Federer. And Holy cow. It, it's not even close. Are you serious? No. So the 2019, so the 2019 rankings, Federer made $93 million in endorsement income. Okay. Tiger Woods was number second. You want to take a wild guess at how much his was? Like 60? 53 million. Dang it. So Federer's endorsement income, he almost, not quite, but almost doubles the second ranked person on that list. That is, if you think about that, that is crazy. That's unreal. Yeah, just you you're doubling the endorsement income of Tiger Woods and then almost doubling, sorry, but then definitely doubling like LeBron James and Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, Curry, Durant and all these, you know, big time players. I I think that yeah. a lot of people don't know that because a lot of people don't follow tennis, but he's a big deal and that is shown by his endorsements that he is a big deal. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's oh my goodness. So speaking of big deals in, in Mm -hmm. tennis, um, so obviously Federer men's tennis, he is the face of it. He has all the endorsements. He's Mm -hmm. crushing it. Women's Uh tennis, which like, uh, I feel like in women's tennis, I know more names, Mm -hmm. um, only because of Venus and Serena. Um, (laughs) so like they are the only reason I'm like, ah, women's tennis. Mm -hmm. Um, so would you say that like, in comparison, how they, like Federer versus the Williams sisters, how they impact the sport of tennis, like, is it comparable? Is it any, is it like the same or is it, are they impacting tennis in completely different ways? I, so I am a, a Serena Williams. I, I really respect Serena Williams. I really like her. She is women's tennis, to be quite honest at this moment. She has been for the past, yeah. I would say, about 10 to 15 to t- almost 20 years. And she, I would say, is comparable to Federer. I, I really do believe that. And I, that can be seen in, you know, if you look at, you know, the ratings for her matches, like when she gets to the finals and throughout the tournaments and even her, like, you know, how much, how many tickets she sells. Um, I, I think Serena Williams is, I would say, comparable to Roger Federer. I think maybe a little less... But, you know, that's like really splitting hairs here and there, you know, but Serena Williams is tennis. And I think her, I honestly think her impact on women's tennis and, you know, especially for, you know, black girls growing up in the U.S. and who want to play sports, she is going to have a way longer impact in that aspect than Roger Federer or any of these other players. Okay. Okay, that's, I mean, like, that's good that she, 
I, I'm happy that both are doing something for the sport. Mm-hmm. I'm, of course, very happy to see Serena impacting like women long term, um, especially considering like a lot of the disparities between men and women's mm-hmm. sports. Like, you know, seeing with the national soccer teams how the women actually win and like they get paid peanuts compared to the yeah. men's team. So in tennis, when it comes to like women getting paid, is it equal? Is it is there still that disparity? So again, one of the uh, people don't follow tennis in this country as much, but te- tennis does it right to the extent a sport, any sport in this world that you know exists. So since two thousand and seven, mm-hmm. um, the payout for men's and women's tennis is has been exactly the same at the major tournaments. So whatever Roger Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, whoever wins, you know, the US Open, Wimbledon, the prize money is the exact same for the women's side. And I, th- I think that has to do a lot with, if you really want to go back to the history of tennis of where this started, it was really back in the 80s um, with players like uh, Chris Everett and especially Billie Jean King, who really fought for the right of equal pay for women's in tennis. And the reason was for this is it wasn't, Ten, women's tennis is incredibly popular you know it's it's not yeah. one of these things where people can you know the old saying well they're not as popular as the men's game you know or whatever it may be women's tennis is super popular it's showcased right up there with the men's the finals are always highly rated and honestly the the out of the five most watched tennis matches of the past 20 years I think four of them are women's matches, if that gives you any sense of how popular women's tennis is. And that's like globally, not just in the U.S. Yeah, that's the U.S. globally, both. The most watched tennis match is actually, it was back in 2001, it was Serena versus Venus Williams in the U.S. Open Finals. Um, I think it had um, 22 million viewers. It went head-to-head against Nebraska and Notre Dame. and beat the wow. ratings for that game, if that gives you any idea of how popular women's tennis is. What percentage of that is the U.S., do you know? That was, the 22 million was all U.S., actually. Yeah, that was oh, the, wow. that was the oh, U.S. viewers. And I think if you took, like, the global viewership, I mean, I don't have the exact numbers across, you know, but I'm pretty yeah, sure, because no. the thing is, whatever number the U.S. gets in tennis, globally, it is always more. Yeah. So you're wow. probably looking at 40 to 50 million people that watch that match globally. My goodness. Yes. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I you know, it's it's kind of, you know, a lot of people focus on you know, the sports that don't and which is really important because, you know, you got if there is, you know, if women's or women's sports are making the exact same revenue and bringing the same money that, you know, they deserve equal pay obviously. But I think tennis is one of yeah. the sports that figured that out earlier than any other sport has and it's equal footing for the women's and the men's at the major tournaments not saying it's perfect you know there's still some tournaments the smaller ones where the men's payout is a little more than the women's so it's not like it's you know it's done final it's perfect but it's a lot it's way ahead of other sports and i'm talking like if you look at it i think um if i looked at it was the u.s open in 1968 had a pay disparity of 133% between the men's and the women's. Since 1973, it has been equal. 
So just think about oh since 1973, the U.S. Open has given the same amount of pay for both the men's and the women's uh, finalists. Well, they are light years ahead of yeah, everyone and, else know, in terms of paying yeah, their and, players. And it's because women's tennis is so popular. You know, we were there. I was at the U.S. Open. The women's matches had the same like crowd size as the men's did. Maybe there was a little difference between Federer, you know, on the court, but that's just one person, you know, that doesn't equal, you know, the men's all of a sudden getting more money. But there was matches we saw where Serena Williams had more people in in attendance than Nadal's match, if that gives you like a, you know, a sense of how, you know, Serena Williams is super popular, but so is women's tennis. We saw a match with um, the... um, Andrescu, who eventually won the U.S. Open, the crowd it was like packed in the stadium, and she was basically a nobody before the tournament. Yeah. So yeah, it's just wow. it's. I think tennis isn't. I think it should be appreciated a little more for its like just advancement and how it's dealt with some of these you know issues of you know men's pay, women's pay, but in terms of also like the advertising that goes into because a lot of you know a lot of sports don't have the same. Like men's basketball obviously has way more advertising than women's basketball, you know, so that's not even fair to, you know, kind of, it's unfair. You can't relate that, but I mean, the women's tennis players are probably almost as well known as any men's player, you know, Venus and Serena are well, as well known as Federer and Nadal and Djokovic. There's no difference between them. Wow. Good. That's like very good to know. Um, in the same vein of kind of viewership, mm-hmm. this is def- I'm about to shift gears okay. kind of rapidly, uh-huh. but knowing that you, what you you know about viewership, because mm-hmm. um, like obviously that pay plays into like people getting paid, mm-hmm. um, like in the NBA, like I would assume that the NBA gets higher viewership than the WNBA. Um, so then I know you're a big NFL guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the NFL viewership, mm-hmm. I know that people will be like, the NFL is going away, it's losing viewership, and, and you think it's a joke. <laughs> I, I really do think it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot. I think the, the NFL really had an issue for one year, really, for the viewerships. I think it was yeah. about two years ago, you know, during the whole, it was the Colin Kaepernick time. I think, yeah. I think the NFL did have an issue then. But here's the thing, their issues or their viewership issues, any other sport would die for those ratings. I mean, they, yeah. their ratings are so far and ahead of any sport in this country that I think the whole viewership thing is totally overblown. And I mean, it's not even close. I mean, you have, you have like these numbers – these regular games that like with nobody's like, like I, mean, I don't want to be mean to teams, but teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars versus. Hey now, <laughs> hey now, they're not an absolute nobody team. No, they the, won. They did win. <laughs> I'm saying in terms of like popularity, you know, like how much they're on TV. They're going to be on TV a lot more because Gardner Minshew is everything. Gardner Minshew Raul. is pretty cool. It's Gardner Minshew. The <laughs> so second. cool. It's the second. Remember that. Oh my bad. I should keep that in mind and, for when. Yeah. And there was no first, which is even cooler. <laughs> well, it would have been cooler if he'd been Beowulf Minshew the second. 
Uh, like he's the coolest football player right I, now. Yeah, I agree with you. I really like him. I think he's really like he came out of nowhere. Like he, he's just playing and he won. What he? Yeah. He didn't come out of nowhere. Nowhere. I mean, he came out of nowhere in the NFL. Right but in like, the NFL. Do you remember him when he put the mustache on Mike Leach last season? I do remember that. I yes, I do remember that. I mean, he's. Been, I mean, if you're a big college fan, you probably definitely know about him. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, but I think as a you know if if you're just more so following the NFL, he kind of came out of nowhere. I would say he did. Yeah, he definitely did. Right. I agreed with that. But basically, what I was saying was even teams that are not very popular in the NFL, their ratings are better than any other sports best ratings. You know, the the only thing that really compares with the NFL, like it's so funny, the NFL regular season does the same, almost the same amount of viewerships or viewership numbers as other sports finals, like the NBA finals, the MLB finals, college basketball yeah. finals. Like that's how good their ratings are. And I think it's really overblown um, that people are worried about the NFL viewership because, I mean, they could lose like 50% of their viewers and still be ahead of every single sport, basically. Maybe not the NBA finals. That's like the... I know people don't want to listen to that, but the NBA finals <laughs> are the second best rated finals in this country at this current moment. I mean, you're, you're the man with the numbers. You actually follow those things. So I, I trust what you're saying. You've definitely sent yeah. those to me. Before. I'm sure somebody like, would you know, tell me that, no, the baseball finals were better when the Cubs played. But that was like a once in a, that was a, literally a once in a century moment. So that year the baseball ratings were better than the NBA finals, but that was due to the Cubs and the past two years when, you know, there wasn't a story like that. The NBA finals have been like almost, almost double MLB finals, maybe not quite, but a lot better. For baseball fans who want to tweet at Raul, he does have Twitter. It will be included in the description. (laughs) You can complain to him about baseball viewership. And I'm also big Um, on hockey. If you don't like hockey, do not follow (laughs) me on Twitter. Yeah, basically, anytime we want to talk viewership, numbers, Raul's our dude and friends. He knows what's up. I am <laughs> always available to talk. I, I follow this stuff. I know not, not a lot of people do, but I, I just like to follow numbers because I think it gives a real view of what people watch. Yeah. A lot of people say oh, yeah. they like things. A lot of people say they watch things. The truth is, okay, what numbers are out there? You may say that yeah. you love to watch this team and everybody around you loves that team. But if you go look at the national TV numbers, we'll find out if that's true or not. <laughs> that's, that's why I follow. I, just, I think it's a good a truth serum, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why I check in with you and I'm like, do people actually watch this game? And you're like, yes, everyone's watching the Patriots. Yeah, the, <laughs> everyone's watching the Patriots. Well, the you know, the... The Patriots get a lot of viewers, um, but the NFL team that gets the most viewers is the Cowboys. Wild. Even though America's team is the Green Bay Packers. You can call it what it is, but (laughs) Cowboys, I'm not a fan of the Cowboys in any way, but their viewership numbers, I don't get it because they haven't won in like 22 years or something. Uh, they're 3-0 and right now. Yeah, I mean, they haven't won a Super Bowl or anything of importance. You, you right. <laughs> but somehow, every single week, the Cowboys game is the highest rated game of the week. People all over the country love the Cowboys. Like, anywhere I've gone, 
I have met a Cowboys fan and like Yeah, I agree. I don't get it, me. but that's how it is and the, everybody watches them and they are they are a ratings juggernaut if I can say. I mean, I'll take your word for it. I I'm looking forward to when they are no longer the most watched team. Um speaking of a team you want to watch, mm-hmm. any game you will, is your must-watch game for this coming weekend. What, what's your game of the week, Raul? Do you want college or do you want the NFL? Whatever floats your boat. We, Dranka and I, we do a lot of college football because, as you know, we watch a lot of college football. But, like, if it's a NFL game, right. great. If it's a college <laughs> football game, great. We're here for all the games. Okay, well, I'm going I'm to, since you guys are going to probably cover the college side, I'm going to give an NFL game, and I think, it might surprise some people. Not really. I, I honestly <laughs> think the game of the week is going to be the Patriots versus the Bills. Oh, obviously you're going to root for the Bills because of Josh Allen, Because correct? of Wyoming. Wyoming grad. Yes. Got to root for Wyoming. Josh Allen. <laughs> Go Pokes. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I, I, I think that's the game of the week. And I think there's two reasons for that. The Patriots are 3-0. Okay. The Bills are 3-0. Yep. A, lot of, a lot has been made about the Bills so far this year that their defense is so good. Josh Allen is all completing, what, 70% of his passes? Yes. Which people was thought he could never do. And, I know. You know, so he's doing really well. They came back against, I mean, it was the Jets, but still they came back from 16 or 15, 16-0 to win that game. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is going to be a test for the Bills. Like, are they for real or are they not? And I know the Patriots are really good, but, you know, you can tell – if the Bills keep it close, if they're you know right there till the end, I think the Bills are up, will be on the come up. So I think that's you know I think that's going to be a game to see really how how much progress the Bills have made. Agreed. I'm excited to watch Josh Allen beat Tom Brady. Yeah, it might happen. I mean that defense is really good, but the Patriots are the Patriots, so. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yep. Bill Belichick, as much as I don't love him <laughs> when he interacts with the press, oh, yeah. I think he's a really good coach. Like he's a really smart coach. And um like Tom Brady, again, not my favorite quarterback. Obviously, I'm over here loving Josh Allen and Gardner Minshew, but uh Tom Brady is a very good quarterback. He's a good leader, so it'll definitely be a good game to watch. Yeah, you know. Belichick Brady they're probably going to scheme up something you know they, right. you know they're going to try to you know as they always do they want to embarrass the other team as can be known because they didn't stop scoring against the Dolphins they kept running that score up till the end which was <laughs> I mean that was kind of rough for the Dolphins no mercy no mercy I think they were up they were they like did it um it was like 43 to 3 I think Oh my uh, with, God. Like, with like 10 seconds left and um the dolphins are down at the five like seven yard line wanting to score and bill belichick keeps every his first you know his the first team out on the field so that the dolphins do not score a touchdown like he oh. made it a purpose not to let them score there at the end i thought that was wild ruthless <laughs> it but, was ruthless you know it's it's the way of Bill Belichick. We'll roll with it. It's all good. Yeah. But thank you for sharing your uh-huh. game of the week. Thank mm-hmm. you for coming on and talking tennis and NFL with us. Um, 
we, we hope to have you again soon. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. Hope I, you know, got to say some things about tennis that weren't known and, you know, I'm always happy to be back on. Great. And for folks listening, again, I'll include Raul's Twitter information in the description. So holler at your boy. Yeah, you can <laughs> at me. I am always up for it. It's at Raul Dami 777. <laughs> <laughs> Raul spelled R-A-H-U-L. And last name D-H-A-M-I. Not a lot of people can probably figure that out. That's that's probably accurate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Emily. All right. So, what's your hot take of the week? Um, my hot take. Don't laugh. You're gonna laugh. Is that Garden Minshew? Garden Minshew is kind of a cutie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page about this because I feel like a lot of people would laugh. I mean, he draws comparisons to Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite, who is not a cutie. So. I'm oh. glad we're on the same page about this. I don't know what it is, but I'm just like, you're kind of adorable. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I told one of my friends in Virginia, I was like, hey, look at this picture of this man. And it was like a picture of him like in his like uniform with like the headband on. And I'm like, is this man attractive or am I high? And she goes, this man's not attractive. Um, that mustache is terrible. And I'm like, oh, I'm super into the mustache. <laughs> like, it's just a look. Um, so Emily, you and I, that hot take, we agree on it, but like, it definitely is a hot take. Okay. He also looks cuter without a helmet on. Um, like if you go to his Instagram page <laughs> at Gardner Minshew five, <laughs> um, he posts a lot more flattering pictures of himself. Um, than if you were just Google him. Like, if you Google him and go to images, it's a bunch of pictures with him as a, with a football helmet on. So you really only see the mustache. It's not, it's just not the whole, the whole effect. Um, but yeah, that's uh, my hot take of the week. I guess to you, it's not a hot take, but I think to a lot of people, that would be. To everyone but us, it is a hot take because like, I've definitely been getting made fun of for it. Okay. <laughs> like, I was like, oh no. Um, I haven't brought it up to anyone in person because I don't want to get laughed at. And I feel like that's the only thing that would happen. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> okay, good. I'll save myself from that embarrassment. But no, anytime you know? that you want to be like, oh, Gardner Minshew, I will agree with you. I'll be okay. like, yes, this man is adorable. Like, he supports his sisters, he loves his family. He, like, when he does interviews, he is just adorable and kind. Yes, here for it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what is your hot take of the week? It comes from something your brother said. Okay. <laughs> because I had sent something that was, like, Hoodie Allen related. And I was, he was like, huh, Hoodie Allen. I'm like, Hoodie Allen's good. He's like, ooh. <laughs> hot, hot take. take. <laughs> and so, um... I thought about it and I've been thinking about it. I was like, that's true. Anytime I say, man, I really like Hoodie Allen. Um, I do get made fun of and I just, it's fine. I like some of his music. It it makes me laugh or I'm just like, yeah, this is good to listen to. While I understand that it is not for everyone. <laughs> like, it's fine. That's my hot take is that his music's pretty good and it's fun. And he's really fun in concert. I think... 
the only Hoodie Allen song I can actually think of is um, "No Faith Till Brook" or "No Faith in Brooklyn." Yeah, like I can't he- in my head, and I just been thinking right now. I can't can't imagine any of his other songs, but I know I know more than just that. Um, so you've seen him in concert? Yeah, I went to visit the friend who's in Virginia when she was living in North Carolina. We she was living in Chapel Hill. But he was in concert in Charlotte, so we drove down and saw him. And his openers were like Bryce Fine, who I enjoy his music as well. Oh, so <laughs> um, he was the headliner. He was the headliner, and like Gene wow. Ash and Kyle, those three. So Bryce Fine, Gene Ash, and Kyle were his openers, and they were all real. Well, I take that back. Bryce Vine and Kyle were really good. Um, Gene Ash was kind of a bummer when there were like a bunch of high energy acts before like Bryce Fine started before him and he's super high energy running all over the stage. Then Gene Ash pulls out his guitar and is like feelings, feelings. Why don't you love me? Actually it was like, (laughs) I hate you. I love you. I hate that. I love like, it's just a bummer. Yeah. And then Kyle has like a hype man also when he performs. So they're like running up and down the stage. They have like props. I think they had like a like a Mario theme type thing. And they had like a Star Wars themed like like props. So they were they were just moving around and then Hoodie Allen, he was uh he was the headliner and he crushed it. He like ran all over this little like auditorium thing that we were in and threw cake at hmm. people. That's that's an interesting move. Is there any? Is there anything behind the cake? Like, is there uh, any story behind it? Because he has it? a song that's like, oh, Cake Boy or something. Yeah. I don't love the song. See, like some of his so songs, I can't. Okay. I don't like love because I'm just like, oh, you're not being like the nicest to women or other people. But some of his other stuff is like really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say I have not listened to his music. Um, in modern day and my modern day I mean like since high school so um I need to do that because right now I really don't have that much input because I haven't heard any of his music in so long I will send you something from like every phase because he put out a new album this year and I've not listened to it but like the album before this or even the album before that, he put out, like, for free. Like, he puts his music out for free sometimes, and I'm just like, hmm. that's cool. Like, how Chance did, yeah. where like, you could just, like, download it online. So, like, Hoodie does the same thing, and I don't think he has, like, uh, like a label. So he just does whatever he wants. But, so then, also, people don't super enjoy his music because he can do whatever he wants. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is definitely a hot take, I think. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I try to have the hottest takes. <laughs> Do you have any hot takes about um, any unexpected wine that you've drank, had, like, drank, that you've had lately for your um, wine of the week? I had sangria this weekend. Oh, okay. Um, and it it is it was a very good sangria. It had, I believe, bourbon in it. Hmm. So it was really tasty. And so for folks who are making sangria, um, I do recommend throwing that in just like a little, little taste of it. Um, because it's still summer. So it's still, it's in, in Texas, it's still summer. I don't know what it's like in the rest of the country because I'm not trying to be anywhere else, (laughs) but I wake up every day and it's 90 degrees and I'm like, for all intents and purposes, 
I'm living in the summertime. Um, and so I, I sangria. That is my wine of the okay. week. What's your, what wine are you drinking? Um, well, this week we had, it was really busy with work. We had a big fundraiser dinner on Sunday night. And then uh, yesterday, Monday was the avalanche golf tournament. Um, yeah. And then tomorrow night we have a ping pong fundraiser event that um, one of the Nuggets Ooh. front office staff is hosting. So anyways, it's a very, very busy week at work. And so our bosses, as a thank you, let us take home three fancy bottles of cronky wine. So, um, yes, Ooh. so I'm enjoying a bottle of wine that I would not normally purchase because it is definitely outside of my budget. But if your budget is like $30 a bottle, then good for you. I aspire to be like you and uh, go try the pairing Sauvignon Blanc. That would be my recommendation. Ooh. Like yeah, that. Or if, you know, if occasionally you want to spring for a really nice bottle of wine and want to spend about 30 bucks, then that's an option for you. Um, but yeah, so uh, quite the step up from my usual Boda box. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how you know you're making it. You're moving on up from box wine to $30 oh, bottles of wine. That's the goal. You have any personal plugs? I'm just social media stuff. Um, Go follow the Tailgate Society on Twitter at Tgate Society. There's a lot more tweets coming out um, now that college football is, you know, um, in full swing. And you can find Sports and Corks on Twitter. That's at Sports Corks. Um, tweet us your recommendations for subjects yes. to discuss, um, or if you have an article you saw or something uh, that you're interested in hearing more about, um, send that to us. You can slide into the dms we will respond and then um just i guess a personal work plug um if you like seeing nice feel good community relations type stuff um from sports teams um cronky sports charities has their own twitter account and um we're getting more active on there so um do me a favor and follow at kse underscore charities on twitter if those are kind of the things that you like seeing in your social media feed so those are my personal plugs for the week pretty minor what about you i mean all all good plugs um and we'll include those uh like plugs in our description for the podcast so you can go find them pretty easily um my plugs are go read tailgate society articles um I know it's been a week of people are still talking about the Iowa Iowa State game. Friends, it's been a minute. I have only seen stuff about that, but there's still people are still putting out content about it. So, um go read about that stuff and especially with this weekend Iowa State plays at Baylor and I think the Iowa State fans hate Baylor more than they hate Iowa, but I can't tell because there seems mm-hmm. to be a lot of rage. Um, it's kind of fun to see. <laughs> <laughs> it's as a third party observer, I'm like, wow, I don't feel this way about anyone. Um, and then go listen to the other Tailgate Society podcasts, um, specifically across the aisle, um, drunk dialing and stuff and things. They come out every week. So um be sure to subscribe. You can listen to all those on Spotify, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, you will find 
the um the tailgate society podcast and then for the podcast you are listening to right now we're in your ears please subscribe rate review um we would love to know how we're doing we would also love to have subscribers and we would love for you to tell your friends so that they can subscribe rate and review so like make it your instagram story tweet about it tweet at us we tweet back and we tweet other fun stuff so um basically do your part spread the word about this podcast and all the tailgate society podcasts um those are my plugs and then kind of circling back to that iowa iowa state game um for the bigger than sports moment thank you all for who all of you who um voted on what to call like our happy nice sports moment um we definitely appreciate that it was fun to have your say in what we would name it so yeah during that um that Iowa Iowa State game. So someone's college game day sign was asking for beer money, and it's raised a million dollars for a children's hospital. It is yeah, it's so awesome, super cool that that's happened. Um, and it the guy who like started it, he I think he's been working with like Venmo and um, Bush like Bush beers. And they're donating money as well. Yeah. So do you want to kind of just give a brief overview of how the whole thing started? Yeah. So an Iowa State fan, um, his name is Carson King. He like just drew a, a sign that he held up at college game day and it said Bush Light Supply Needs Replenished and like put his Venmo on it. And then people, and because it was like, that sign made it on TV. People saw it and they just started Venmoing him money. And then he was like, Oh my God, I'm getting like a lot of money. And then he was like, all right, let's donate this. <laughs> so um, if you look at the sign, it's super janky. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> it, it obviously it was made as a joke. And then this joke turned into like such a big thing. Like it's so cool to see um, just like such a small thing and to see all these like, people come together to be like yeah let's like donate money to this guy and then like for him to get bush beer and venmo to also like pitch in like that is wild that like so many people are coming together to donate money um for this yeah it's i mean it's really sweet um so this guy with the sign he's 25 um he talked about it with his family and decided to donate his earnings to the Iowa Children's Hospital, um, which is a very thoughtful thing to do. I mean, someone that age could totally just keep the money or keep a significant portion of it. And he's pretty much, he's donating all of it minus a case of beer, which is what he was originally asking (laughs) for in donations. So um, he called the hospital on Monday and um, just introduced himself, and uh, it was just kind of like a nice thing. Um, they they decided to have this guy who made the sign um, come to the hospital at the end of the month to visit the hospital and meet some of the kids, um, and he's going to bring a check with him, and it's just a really, I, I love that they're, you know, going to bring him in and kind of give him a tour and you know, show him what the money that he's donating donating um, is going to go towards and how many lives it's going to impact. I think that's a really nice 
um, aspect to this. You know, he could just donate the money, but it's cool that he's going to get to see the hospital and meet these kids. And I think that's just, it's very heartwarming and very, very nice. Yeah, for sure. So it definitely is bigger than sports, but it surely came out of it. And we're just, it's so happy to see. Very much so. There is good in the world. Lots of it. So much of it. So if you see anything for the bigger than sports moment that you want us to talk about, seriously, send it to us in our DMs, email us. Our email address is part of the, it's in our like um, podcast description. So like, we love to see those. And if there's a week where everyone just sends a bunch of like bigger than sports moments, we could potentially do a whole episode on that. We are happy to talk about good things people are doing especially yeah and we sports. would go into detail about each one and um and not just be like this is nice and then move on you know um if we do a whole yeah. episode about it it would be nice and engaging yeah so um send us your recommendations for things you see because we don't see everything that's out there that's good in sports it's only so much time in the day to be on twitter so that's all i've got anything else on your end i think that's it i think we can call it a day All right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Have a good one. Emily and Emily, Sports and Courts.